from the Center Porch Ministries. My name is Mark Schaffner. And we can see everything going on um, around around the globe from the massacre and Christians in parts of India to what China is doing with the the Bible and the churches in China and the Islamic uh, uprising against Christians in Pakistan. And last week, a week from today, the atrocities of Hamas in Israel. And of course, the fallout from that is Muslim and Muslim sympathizers uh, around the globe saying it was a beautiful thing and Israel deserved it and um, I'm not saying how the, how innocent little babies had, uh, deserved their heads being chopped off and women being raped and mutilated. But as Christians, we were born and through scripture and study and our walk in faith, We've been made for a time such as this. I will be the first to admit, I hope Hamas is completely destroyed. And I'm not talking just about the the Hamas soldiers. I'm talking about their generations under them. Because even if Hamas is destroyed today, unless the younger generation is either dealt with or is moved and taught something different than what uh, Hamas has taught them, they will grow up thinking these men as martyrs and wanting to extract revenge. And as cold as that sounds, that's just the way of war. That being said, I do not hate everybody in Palestine. And Israel has made it completely knowledgeable that before they hit strikes, they tell the people to move out in those areas and people are leaving Palestine in droves except for the ones that Hamas is making stay so they can use them as human shields like they're doing the hostages. But what we see is all biblical. The Old Testament tells about uh, the attacks uh, of modern-day Israel and the eventual reclaiming of all the land from people like Hamas and people like Hezbollah and Islamic Jihad. So God's still with Israel. Don't believe the replacement theology that you hear about the churches in the new Israel. No, it's not. Because there is still scriptural prophecies to be fulfilled in Israel in the last days. Now, what the main point of this is going to be is the Christians that that are facing extreme persecution and uh, martyrdom. Because right now all eyes are on Israel and some of that flows over into Christianity because Iran and Hamas have uh, called for a full jihad against Jews and Christians. So even here in America, we can 
expect that there's going to be an uprising at some point. Especially if you look around, you see all the demonstrations of Palestinian supporters. So if you're Christian or you're Jewish, even here in the States, anti-Semitism and anti-Christian rhetoric is uh, heating up, and it has been for the last, probably for the last decade, but definitely in the last three or four years. Um, We have to remember as Christians that it's not us that they hate. Now, I mean, they may hate us individually as as a person, but on the whole, it's because we represent the Jesus that they say is false. Now, according to Islam, Jesus was a prophet. He was a man. He wasn't God. He had no divine qualities. But they also go on to say that he didn't die on the cross, that uh, he eventually died and and went to heaven uh, like their prophet Muhammad. And uh, any of those that actually read scripture know that he was God in human form, that he died upon that cross and his that cross and the shed blood of his that that removes our sin when we ask and we repent. And our hope is because of the resurrection three days later. This is the Jesus that they need to know. Not the Jesus that that for them is going to come back with Muhammad and and tell everybody they were wrong and Islam was right and if you go down through Islamic literature about the last days, their last days read like the Antichrist and his minions and the way he's going to be running things in the last days of the Christian faith. So for any followers of Muhammad, if you happen to come across this broadcast... I hate your ideology. I hate the ideology of everything has to be at war and has to be blood drawn. I hate the fact that people that use the name of a faith to try to wipe out somebody just because they don't like them. And I'm going to venture to say that most Muslims don't know that this actual issue with Jews is about 5,000 or so years old. This is a blood feud. It's that simple. And so I don't know how many Muslims actually understand the whole concept. I mean, nowadays they hate the Jews because they took the land of Israel back. And a lot of them, I'm going to assume their mindset is in that capacity. But this goes back to Esau and Jacob. And for the Arabics that aren't Muslim and such, the reason that they don't like it is because it stems from Isaac and Ishmael. This is a blood feud. We have a duty as Christians to try to help these people save their soul, to get them out of false understanding. To get them to see Jesus for who he really is. God come down on earth. 
for the ability to save the souls of man. And I will admit I'm human. I get riled up and I get hacked and I'm ready for vengeance. And the atrocities that I see in that happened in Israel last week or in March in India or I see going all the time in sections of Africa that are run by Islam and things that pastor friends of mine in Pakistan and their people go through through this hatred of Muslims. And it's not that they hate the people. It's that they hate what they represent. And that's the shining light of Christ. There is a Catholic commentator that I used to listen to when I was Catholic. And that at the end of all of his podcasts and all of his video casts, he would say, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, so go be salty. And salt does two things when somebody's wounded. Yes, it burns. And if you've ever had a cut and put your hand in salt, to cure that cut, you will know how much it burns. But salt also flavors and purifies. So we do need to be the salt of the earth. We are the torchbearers for the only light of the world, and that's Jesus Christ. And yes, while I hope that Hamas and the ideology, and eventually is going to come to Hezbollah and ISIS and Islamic Jihad and all of these other groups of, of radical Islam. And I hope that they're completely destroyed off this planet. For the rest of Islam, I want you people to understand the truth. That Allah is just a false god. He's a fallen angel playing at being a god and has since the 700s. He's not God. I want to make you understand that Muhammad wasn't a prophet of God. He was a pedophile. He was sent on his quest of being a prophet by a Catholic monk who had got put out because he had lost his mind and was saying things that had no connotation of what was actually the truth scripturally. And how a prophet, if he's a true prophet, doesn't claim the divine. All the prophets in scripture spoke for God. They used the power of the divine to fulfill God's will. Muhammad said when he was asked about the divine, he says, I don't need the divine, I have a sword. So he didn't put as much resolution and faith as he did his weapons. There is a time coming. And we are on the threshold of that now. As you see prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes, especially with the hatred of Christians and the attacks on Israel. And they were talked about through the, all, through the prophets of the Old Testament. 
They were talked about by Christ. They were talked about by the apostles. They were talked about in the vision given to John, the revelation of Christ. And what you need to do is to take your Quran, to put it against Holy Scripture, and see where your error has been taught. And I tell this to two Christians as well. If there's a doctrine that you're learning that isn't correct, find yourself a set of scriptures that is correct. Don't listen to your preacher and test everything he says against scripture. Which is the reason that I left the Catholic Church. When I write a message or I do a podcast or I give a message at a service, I don't expect them to take everything I say for gospel. I expect them to be like the Bereans. Oh, he said this. Let's go church scripture. The one thing that I absolutely enjoy seeing with the Islamic community is they're very devout. And if we as Christians could get them to understand the truth, they make some of the best Christians because they know what they've come out of. Where the Catholic Church has credit Catholics, those that have grown up with the Catholic faith all their life, we have Christians that are the same way. Well, I go to church and I believe this way because my parents and my grandparents, and this is the church I've always gone to, and that doesn't save your soul. What saves your soul is your personal walk with God. So what we have to do in these times is these people going after these false religions Islam, Hindu, Buddhism, Taoism, and however many others there are. And we have to be a salt that one heals their wounds through the gospel of Christ and leading them to that healing blood from the cross. But we also have to use that light, that, that salt amongst ourselves in flavoring our own walk with God. We have to be that torchbearer that holds that light for the world to see. Remember Christ said that you don't, or the writers of the scripture said that you don't hold your candle under a bushel, you remove the bushel so the surrounding area can see it. And Muslims have been radicalized. You may not be able to change them. In fact, you can't change anybody. All you can do is present the truth and then let the Holy Spirit do their work. But if we want these conflicts to end, or at least to lighten, because they're not going to end, they're only going to get worse, and that's according to Scripture. But we do have the ability to stay the course, present the gospel, and hope that the Holy Spirit takes that seed that you've planted and waters the crap out of it so it grows into a grafted-in vine to where they have come to understand, to turn their life over, give it to Christ, 
Because ultimately, that's what all of this is about. We have to understand that people need truth. People need light. People are always striving to get something better. The only thing that we can give them that's any better is the knowledge that we have of God through the death and resurrection of his son. And we have to preach that with boldness, even in the face of adversity. The pastors that I know in Pakistan, when their churches got burned to the ground, their homes got ransacked, and they faced charges that weren't real, and, you know, they're beaten. They never lost their faith. There are too many Christians in the Western world that are scared of what might happen, that they might lose their job, their friends might go away from them, their families might disown them. You know, somebody's going to call them names, spit in their face, tear their church up. You have to remember that the apostles, all but one of them, died at the hands of somebody else. Stephen was stoned to death. Peter was hung upside down as a crucifixion. Paul had his head chopped off. Hindus killed another apostle. Here's the thing that's interesting. If you look at it, Paul, the greatest apostle to the Gentiles, wouldn't have been an apostle if it hadn't been for Stephen's dying words. As he was being stoned, he screamed out to God, don't let your punishment befall on these men. Saul, later known as Paul, was standing there holding the coats of the people who were stoning this martyr. And if Stephen, if, if Stephen hadn't screamed out those words to God about not holding them accountable for his death, my assumption is, is that Paul never would have been changed and become the greatest apostle to the Gentiles. Christ asked for forgiveness as he was dying on the cross. We've had martyrs through the ages because people hate Christians because of Christ. Because they want to live in their own sin because it's comfortable for them. The problem with Christians are they're comfortable compromising. They're comfortable when people don't get upset with them and they don't have to step out of a comfort zone. And I've been, God's pulled me out of my comfort zone more than once. But I'm not ashamed to speak the gospel of Christ because it is the only power unto salvation. 
Muhammad's not going to get anybody there. The caveat of, you know, the Hindu system isn't going to get anybody there. Buddhists can't meditate their way there. It's only through Christ. And the only way they're going to know Christ is if somebody tells them. And the only way somebody can tell them is if they're sent. We're Christians. We are an army of the greatest king to have ever lived on this planet and the only king to rule in the next life. We have to be modern day Templars. Have that desire and that unction for the cross of Christ to go into battle. Now, I'm not saying pick up swords and go to the Holy Land and, you know, start wiping out Palestinians. What I am saying is go do what God has gifted you to do. Me, I write, I do podcasts. That's what he gave me the ability to do to spread his message. I talk to people quite often. Um, so I don't care anymore what people think. I haven't cared for a long time, and I didn't care what people thought about me when I was out in the world and not a Christian. But why would I start caring what people thought about me once the stuff that I am telling people now is you need to be saved. You need that blood of Christ. You're going to hell if you don't. And I've told people countless times I would rather somebody be mad at me all the way to heaven than be happy with me in the flames of hell. What are they going to do? Are they going to kill me? I've made peace with death a long time ago. Yes, I do strive to stay alive because I'm still raising children and my first grandchild's here. But I don't want to stay alive because I'm afraid of death. And when it is my time to get called home, when God said, okay, you're done, you fulfilled your duty. All that's going to happen is somebody takes me out, they're going to send me home. I've said plenty of times, you know, I wish somebody would stop this world so I could get off. When that time comes, I'm going to get off. And I'm going to be stepping from the reality of this world into the reality of the world in front of the throne of God with my Lord and my Savior and all of the people that have been martyred and all of the apostles and the prophets and the patriarchs. We're going to forever be able to drink that living water. We're going to be able to see Jesus face to face, walk, learn. No true happiness, no sickness, no death. So, 
death threats that have been made against me because of my feelings about Israel having the right to protect itself doesn't bother me. I've had death threats before. I used to be a journalist, and you're always going to make somebody mad. But now the journalism that I do is in spreading the gospel. I'm not a street preacher. I'm not going to get up on the corner with a Bible in my hand and start screaming at the top of my lungs about the power of repentance and salvation. That's not what I was called to do. I was called to write. That led to the podcasting. That is how I give the message around the world. And so it's from Muslims or Hindus or anybody else. doesn't affect me, and eventually it's going to come to the streets here in America. There's nowhere in Scripture that says that a Christian has to be a pacifist and he can't defend himself or his family. But we have time before that happens to try to change the hearts and minds and lead people to God, plant that seed so the Spirit can water that garden. And that's what we're here for. We are here to love one another. We're not here to condone their sin. We're here to call them to repentance. But the love that we're supposed to show is, despite everything they may say or do against us, we are to show them when it's well, when Christ said, you know, like I love you, you love them. You have to be willing to lay it all on the line for your faith. With the hopes that what you lay on the line, the Holy Spirit can use. I think most people misunderstand loving your neighbor as yourself is you allow them to just do whatever they want to do, and that's not it. You're not judging the person, you're judging their sin. And we all do that. I'm telling you what, I am my worst person to go against myself, because I'm always finding fault. And if a Christian deeply looked at yourself, they'd find fault in herself too. Just remember, it's not you that they hate. It's what you represent. So like Dr. Marshall would say, you're the salt and the light of the world. Go be salty. We love you. Have a good evening.